Welcome. You are listening to OPOD's Occupational Health Podcast. This is a podcast series by the Occupational Health Clinics for Ontario Workers, where we discuss the challenges of current and emerging trends in occupational health and offer effective prevention strategies to empower workers. Welcome to OCAS podcast channel. I'm your host, Sonia Lau. I'm a clinical occupational hygienist with the Occupational Health Clinics for Ontario Workers and have been with OCAL for over 23 years. The title of today's podcast is Looking at Yesterday's Exposures for Tomorrow, Today, a podcast to help workers gather the right information from their current and previous workplaces in the event this information is needed in the future for a compensation claim. It's never too late to start or too early. But first, what is a clinical occupational hygienist? What exactly do they do? Basically, the occupational health team at OCAL, which is involved in exposure profiling, we go back in time to recreate your workplace. The exposures, the processes, we basically relive your work experience. We ask you several questions such as, what solvents did you work with? Where did you work exactly in the plant? What did you do with the processes or the equipment that you worked with? Did you heat it? Did you grind? Did you table saw? What kind of processes were happening around you? So we go on and on with these types of questions. We also ask, how long did you do such and such a process for? Was it days, weeks, how many years, etc.? The difficulty lies in the fact that if you don't recall the work that you did at a certain workplace, that's where it becomes difficult to establish your exposures from that work. If you had that information, it makes the job that much easier and it validates the report that we're going to write and it validates your statement in terms of expressing the work that you've done and proving that you actually did it. As time passes, these details do become difficult to recall and records start becoming obsolete as well. If you were to ask Joint Health and Safety Committee members or union members to retrieve this information from 20, 30 years ago, they may not have this information. Sometimes we do get lucky. Sometimes we are able to retrieve this information with the help of the union or the workplace itself, but we aren't always that lucky. So it's best that we start collecting this information on our own so that in the event we do need this information, it's available. So you may have heard of a friend, a loved one, or even in the media, of folks trying to get compensation for work-related diseases. You may have heard about their struggle with the Workplace Safety and Insurance Board, for example, in Ontario, of how folks have incurred diseases and they do feel that their diseases are related to their occupation, but they're struggling and trying to prove that the exposures they incurred were from the workplace and are related to their current disease. Some folks are actually on their deathbed when they're trying to get compensated, etc. So it can be a heart-wrenching experience, but today we hope to give you some tools so that you can start collecting information. Hopefully you don't need this in the future, but if you have it, there's peace of mind that it can go somewhere and lead to proving exposures. So we thought it would be great to devise a top 10 list of records you could start collecting as a best practice for yourself in the event you need access to this information in the future. Anyone can start collecting this information, whether you're working in manufacturing, you're in the medical field, or if you have office-related work, if you're an academic in transportation, 
any workplace under the sun. You can start collecting information about what you did today and what you've done in the past. Even workplaces such as when you were a teenager, work that you have completed as a summer student, for example, all those records, all that information is relevant when we are trying to establish your workplace exposures from the past. So let's start with the top 10 list. The first item is one of the most critical items, and that's why we're starting with it. The first item is to establish a timeline, starting from the first job that you can recall that you've done and working up to present day employment. This timeline can be as detailed as you can make it. Basically, what you're doing is identifying all the different places that you work. I should retract for a minute and let you know that this process of collecting all this information isn't going to happen overnight or within a day or within a week. It is going to be a process. You're going to recollect things as time progresses and you're going to start populating the timeline and it's going to get busier and busier. Leave yourself enough room. You might have to start over. But the timeline is so important because it will snapshot the various areas that you worked and it will sort of trigger in you different experiences that you had at the various workplaces. And then you can start documenting information of what you recollect about those workplaces. So start from the very beginning, maybe even go to a resume to help and then start populating your timeline with all of this information. So the next items are in no particular order in terms of importance. The second item is to have job descriptions. If you can actually have documented job descriptions, that's great. The workplace that you're at today, you could probably print off a job description and keep that in your file and have that related to your timeline. Previous job descriptions, if you can get your hands on those, that's great. If you can't, whatever you recall in terms of what you did at that particular workplace, what kind of processes you were involved, what your duties were basically at that workplace, that's what you should start writing out or typing out for yourself and recording. The job description, again, can be as detailed as you recall. Uh, the more details we have on our end as hygienists, the better off we are in trying to help you establish the exposures. You also want to recollect if you worked overtime, what were, was your shift like if you were on shift work, basically how many hours a week did you work. This is all very important when we're trying to establish your exposures. Item number three, what equipment and controls were present? So what equipment did you work with? Maybe if you can recollect, take down equipment names, their brand names, if you will, and maybe even serial numbers, if you can get those, because that'll help the hygienist if there's any confusion or whatnot to understand the equipment and understand how the equipment is supposed to be working, how it's supposed to be running, and what kind of control measures should have been in place for you to use the equipment safely. You also want to have a look under the equipment and control section is what other equipment was running beside you. So in your near vicinity, because all of this helps to establish what your exposures may have been. Think about it this way. You're not just looking at what you work with in your particular work area. You also want to think about what was around you, because what is around you could also be affecting your workspace and therefore your work exposures. You may have had a welder that be was beside you, but you yourself were, a, you were an assembler, for example. So in that regard, you might have had exposures to welding fumes in your assembler job title. So this is very important. This is what we call bystander exposures. So these are exposures that are occurring in one's job because of the exposures that are surrounding that job base. So it's very important to try to recollect some of that information. Item number four, 
personal protective equipment. What PPE did you wear, if any? If you can recall this, this is great. If you can recall the type of personal protective equipment, were you wearing rubber gloves, neoprene gloves? Were you wearing an apron? Did you have a respirator? If you can recall what kind, this is all relevant information. If you didn't have any personal protective equipment, note that. But then what did you wear? You were wearing cotton clothes, home clothes, or did you have any work clothes that you were given? Were they cotton? Be as descriptive as you can be in this regard. Also, what was your routine like? Did you shower at work? Were showers provided? Or did you wear your work clothes to and from home and showered at home? This is also very important so that we can understand how your exposures may have continued to occur while you are transporting yourself back home, even after the exposures at work ceased. Item number five, accidents or incidents. Were you involved in any accidents or incidents in the workplace? Was there a spill, for example, and people had to be evacuated? Maybe you can get records of these accidents and incidents. If there's any documentation available, that would be very helpful as well. Maybe you weren't involved in the accident or it wasn't your accident, but there was one, again, bystander beside you, or there was a chemical spill, for example, and everybody had to be evacuated. This information can be important. And the detail with regards to what spill, what actually happened during that accident or incident, this is also very important. Again, because we're trying to establish if you may have been exposed and if so, to what, for how long, etc. It would have been an acute exposure in this type of scenario. But again, these are details that are critical for establishing your exposures. Item number six, I would say this is a hot item, material safety data sheet. So today we have safety data sheets. Whatever you can collect for today, that's great. Whatever chemicals, solvents, cleaning agents, Today is the day and time of COVID, so whatever products you're using at the workplace, try to grab the SDS for it. Make a copy, take it home, and file it away with your timeline. Historically, material safety data sheets, if you can recall or get your hands on the material safety data sheets for the solvents or products that you worked with, that will be so helpful to the hygienist because this will help with regards to, again, establishing your exposures with the actual product that you were using. Oftentimes, folks will describe to us, it smelled like this, it looked like this, and this was its function. It was a degreaser and it had a strong odor, for example, but they can't recollect the name or they can't recollect the product ID, etc., and they don't have an MSDS. So in that case, it becomes a little bit difficult for us to pinpoint the exact product that you worked with, and then we have to generalize. So generalizations, we obviously can make as professionals, but it's so much better to have the actual product that you utilize so that we can make more valid claims on your exposures and really understand what your exposures were, because there could have been other products in that material safety data sheet that we weren't aware of when writing your report. The next item is a description of what it is that you were doing at that particular company. Were you building a car? Were you in electronics? This can also help because if you don't have too much information about the workplace or the workplace exposures, knowing a little bit about what you did at that company or what the company stood for and what their product manufacturing was can help us to generally try to figure out what the exposures could have been in a more generic form. So that's also important. And also, what was your role in this particular company? 
It sort of overlaps with the job description, but this is more focusing on what was being built. And if you can let us know, for example, if you were building a vehicle at this at this particular company, which one was it? What brand was it? That type of thing. So that can help us as well to understand the nature of the work. Number eight, look around you and think about the past exposures. What were others doing in the jobs around you? We covered this a little bit earlier. But this is an important piece of the puzzle, if you will. We want to understand what your exposures were, of course, but we also want you to try to understand what other processes were going on around you. You should have a means of trying to recollect what your buddies were doing. Like I said earlier, if you were an assembler, but you had a, a welding station on your right and you had a degreasing station on your left, for example, I'm creating a very toxic workplace right now, but and there were no controls in place. So you could see the haze, the welding fumes. All this information is, is information that we would need as hygienists to understand the workplace and the workplace exposures. So I guess this number eight item is writing down the story of what you recollect of that particular workplace and what things looked like around you so that we can sort of better understand where the exposures were possibly coming from. And as you do this, more and more things are going to come back to you in terms of exposures and other things that were happening in and around you at that particular workplace. Again, it's a process in trying to do this. It's going to take time. It's not going to happen in one sitting. You might be focused one day, but you're going to have to leave this process and come back to it as time progresses. Number nine, what were your hobbies or what are your hobbies? Take note of those. Sometimes the hobbies that we have can enhance the exposures that we have at work or can be the exposure that caused the disease. So sometimes they work hand in hand. Sometimes they don't. They're standalone. But they're important because we need to know, as will the compensation board, they will also need to know, and they will ask these questions of you, what were your hobbies? Were you at the firing range? Is that something that you like? Did you do any woodworking at home? Did you wear personal protective equipment, etc.? So these types of things you should be recording and documenting as well. The other item is, where did you have your lunch? If you're in a manufacturing setting, this is of great importance. If you're having lunch or had lunch at your workstation with, you know, let's say you did have a toxic work environment, literally with fumes and vapors, etc., and you ate at your workstation, then that also contributes to your, your exposures. As you know, with exposures, we can inhale, we can ingest, they can be injected and they can be taken up by our skin, dermal exposure. So there's various means. And if we're eating at our workstations, then we are also enhancing the exposures as well as the time of the exposure because we haven't moved from the workstation. So that's something that's important to note. The next item is if you can get any records of the Joint Health and Safety Committee, inclusive of their minutes or their inspections. Sometimes there's very important critical information within those as evidence that, yes, indeed, such and such a machine was a problem or such and such a process was a problem. It's documented in the inspection records or it's documented in the minutes. 
So any records that you can get from Joint Health and Safety Committee members or union folks, if you have any connections with union folks from the workplace, if there was a union, they can try to help you gather this information. But today you can gather that information if there are issues in your workplace, even indoor air quality related issues. If you're working in an office environment or you did work in an office environment and there were constant issues and now you have multiple chemical sensitivity, for example, any records that you have that there was indoor air complaints or there was odors, those types of things, or any inspections that were conducted, this is all information that we would need as hygienists to help understand and explain the possible exposures that could have occurred. Which brings me to the next point, which is if you can get any information with regards to hygiene testing that might have been conducted by any of the workplaces, it's often difficult to get this information, but it's usually there if the company did conduct hygiene testing, air quality reports, etc. This is also very handy information for us. So if you can get that kind of information, that's great. Keep copies. Finally, the last item is one of my favorites, which is very helpful because you can actually visually see a little glimpse of the workplace with a workplace layout. If you can get the workplace layout, that's great. Sometimes even the fire escape layouts that are posted near fire extinguishers, those are helpful. Maybe that's all you can get. Whatever you can get is very helpful. If you have a joint health and safety committee, maybe they have a layout of the workplace and you can ask for a copy. Once you get that layout, you can then make a copy so it's blank. And then on the other copy, sort of write in where you worked and what other processes were around you, etc. If it's not obvious on the layout, we can get a workplace layout. It is so helpful because we use that to help you when we start asking you questions about what you did at that workplace and what was going on in this section or the north end of the plant versus the south end of the plant, etc. That layout is so helpful. I should have put that in the very beginning of the list. But like I said, all of these items are important. So that just happens to be my favorite. Whatever information you can collect or start to collect is going to be useful. I hope you never need this information, but think about it. Maybe you don't need it, but somebody else that you know, a friend, a colleague, they might need it because they might have incurred a workplace exposure and maybe now they have an occupational disease associated with the workplace that you worked at and you were diligent in collecting the information, it can be shared with them. It's a win-win situation, and it's a process. You know, it's going to happen over time where you're collecting this information and recollecting all the places that you worked and the possible exposures that you might have incurred in certain areas. Like I said, I hope you never need this information. Well, that's it for this podcast. Let us know of any other information that you would like to hear about. OCAL is a not-for-profit organization. We're here to serve Ontario workers and hope to help workers around the world with, with this information that we're delivering in our podcast. This is Sonia Lau signing off and hoping to deliver another podcast for you in the near future. Thanks. For more information about this podcast, including show notes and companion materials, go to our website, www.ohcow.on.ca. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast channel to ensure you receive notification of our latest episode. As well, check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you for joining us.